Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman. Whether you are running the show or working your side hustle, we're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is amazing. All I kept thinking in our maxi dresses was don't trip, don't trip. I know, I know, exactly. (laughs) Don't trip in the dress. Um, So I missed it because we were backstage, but who here is a a create and cultivate first timer? Oh my God, so Wow. So I was trying to remember, I think this is maybe my fourth, but you all are in for a great event. Um, I always love moderating at these because I get to talk to amazing women like Juliana. Thank you. And it's my first, by the way. So first time. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, So I always love starting interviews way from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your childhood and how that shaped who you are today, especially going through any adversity. Well, I moved to this country as a little girl. Uh, My parents uh, brought our family here actually for a vacation, for a two-week vacation to visit an uncle of ours who was doing well in America. And they're like, your uncle's doing really well. Let's go out to America, check out what's going on. And we did. And my father was a tailor um, in Naples, Italy. And when he came out here, he saw all this opportunity. And so he moved the whole family out here on a whim. And, you know, coming here at seven years old, I didn't speak the language. And I was in the public school system and no one spoke Italian, right? And I didn't speak English, so it was tough, as you can imagine. Um, But, you know, at a very young age, I took it on myself to teach myself, you know? And um, no one was really communicating with me at school because I couldn't speak. I was the little girl in the back of the room that no one spoke to who couldn't speak the language. And I think having that time to myself and kind of living in my own head for so much of the day was in the end probably a really good thing, uh, even though it was tough to deal with. So I would go home at the end of the day after school and sit in front of the TV and I learned English watching TV. And I watched everything from Sesame Street to the news. I loved the local news. And there was this woman uh, who was an anchor woman in DC, Barbara Harrison, and I used to watch her every night. And I always say that she taught me English because on the news they speak in shorter sentences and words that you know everyone can understand. And so I really learned watching from her. And um, 
What's kind of crazy is I had this total full circle moment recently when, you know, Barbara Harrison actually just retired and they had reached out from NBC and asked me to do a tribute video as part of her retirement. And I thought, wow, you know, the fact that this woman was my biggest inspiration who got me into the career I wanted to be in uh, at seven years old and to be able to go full circle and then be part of her retirement was just really an incredible moment. And it shows that dreams come true. You know, yeah, you never so know what's cool. going to happen. That's so cool. So I know as a teenager, you begged your parents to enroll you in the Barbizon School of Modeling. Yes, Barbizon School <laughs> of Modeling. Um, what did you learn from the modeling experience? <laughs> okay, so to be clear, I never was a model. <laughs> I, just, I just went to school uh, for it, thinking like you can go to school for it. But I begged my parents at 13 years old. I had braces and bad skin and a bad perm. I was not cute. Um, and I think that I was looking for, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I was looking for, but I just think that I thought that by going there, you know, maybe, maybe I thought by going there I could fix my hair and be pretty and, and be who I was hoping to be more like and, and maybe get more confidence. And so I did that and it was, it was a good thing, you know. Um, it's just funny, yeah, it was a great experience. But yes, I did it for like six months. I've got, it's so funny, I got a little like certificate and it's still in my bedroom, hanging, you know, in the frame and it's nice and it reminds me of a, a, of a good time in my life. But yeah, I think just at a young age, I was always looking for that extra confidence and, um, and so that helped me a little bit, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned being a teenager um, and what you were like as a 13-year-old. If you look back now at when you were 17, let's say, what advice would you give your 17-year-old self? Ooh, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. So. I told you kind of how I looked and felt at 13, um, but really the hardest part of my teenage years was dealing with scoliosis. I had scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine. So I grew up crooked, and that's hard for a young girl to grow up crooked, literally. And so I was always in baggy clothes, I was always insecure, I was always trying to hide my body. And, um, and that does a lot up here, right? And so. But what's so interesting is that because I looked and felt a certain way, what that did to me was it made me really work on in here. And so I was able to build kind of, you know, a sense of humor and personality and all these great attributes that helped me later in life. And so I think what I would say to myself is your weaknesses today are your strengths tomorrow. And my weaknesses back then are ultimately what got me to where I am today. And I would not change a thing about that. I would still go back to being crooked. I would still go back to all of it because, because of it, it truly shaped who I was. And it made me realize, you know, I think as a young girl, right, you want to look a certain way and feel a certain way. But what's great is when you don't, you're, you really go in, right? And you go inside and thank God for that whole experience because I was able to create what I really needed in life, you know, and the real attributes that matter. Yeah. As someone who's wanted to start in hard news, what eventually brought you to Hollywood? Well, um, if anyone's watched Man on Red Carpet, you know I probably 
made the right decision going into entertainment, not hard news, because I love just being kind of like in the moment, fun, silly, asking about fashion and beauty and all the you know fun questions. Um, so I think it was, it was actually, I was getting my journalism degree. Um, I was in a master's program at the time and I thought I was gonna do hard news. And I just, all my stories, all my little segments that I was putting together all had like a really kind of fun and quirky tone to them. And the dean of our school basically, you know, he looked at all my work and we were having meetings with him and he said, have you ever thought about Hollywood? And I go, Hollywood, what do you mean? I'm here in Washington DC, I'm gonna do hard news. And he goes, you know, maybe you should think about Hollywood because you, you just go to Hollywood. You know, it was kind of like he was trying to say it in a nice way. Um, but he was like, you know, I think you're more cut out for entertainment and that sort of thing. And I remember at first I was like, wait, what? Like I was a little offended. And I'm so glad that he turned me on to that because at the end of the day, that's really what I love, right? I love pop culture and I love hearing people's stories. And um, you know, tomorrow is the Emmy red carpet. And there are so many incredible performances, so many projects that are just mind blowing. And I love the opportunity to be able to stand there and ask those questions and ask about those projects because there's, there's so many great stories there. So um, the fact that I get to do what I love, which is basically asking questions and, and putting it out there in the world, but I get to do it in a field that's exciting and entertainment is a win-win. So I'm really glad that he kind of put me on that path and helped me open my eyes to that path. Um, so I do want to talk a bit about your brand. Um, so you launched a beauty brand, Fountain of Truth, about a year ago. Can you tell us a little bit about what was the impetus for that? Like, why did you start the brand and what have you learned along the way? So when I was 36, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was the shock of a lifetime. It truly came from nowhere. Um, I was healthy. I had no family history of breast cancer. I was like a lot of you here in the audience today. And it was a fluke that we found it, quite honestly. And um, because, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten a mammogram till I was 40. And I wouldn't have felt it in an exam. Um, so I was very fortunate to have found it. It was actually, I was going through IVF. And one of the, the requirements for this doctor I was going to was to get a mammogram. Because the last thing they want to do is get you pregnant if you do have breast cancer, right? Because you could have the type of breast cancer that could be fueled by pregnancy and get worse with pregnancy. So I got that mammogram and I, and I discovered it and it was terrifying as you can imagine. So I started making a lot of changes to my life and one of them was really researching what I was putting on my skin. You know, your skin is your largest organ. Um, what you put on your skin absorbs, you know, and so I did a lot of research and it was scary what I was finding. And I started making my own concoctions at home for myself. Just like whipping them up in the kitchen? Whipping them up in the kitchen, going online, finding all sorts of recipes, going on YouTube. And then I was making them for friends. And then this idea came up to create a clean skincare line that was high performance. Because that was the thing. You know, I found a lot of great clean skincare that wasn't really working on the fine lines and wrinkles and skin texture. Um, and there was a lot of great high performance skincare that I loved that wasn't really clean. So I thought, hmm, clean high performance, but one step further in an attainable price range. 
because there is very good clean high performance out there. It, a lot of it's very expensive. So I was trying to find a way to create that in an attainable, reasonable price point for what it is. And that's how the idea came to be. So it really came from a place of need, kind of beginning with need and then going into passion. Hi everyone, it's Carly from Work Party and I'm going to tell you about FabFitFun. In case you've been living under a rock, FabFitFun is a seasonal lifestyle subscription box that delivers premium fashion, fitness, home, and beauty products straight to your door for just $49 a box. Even better, products are full-sized and each box values at over $200. The holidays are upon us, which for some of us means that gift shopping is already in full effect. Take a second to treat yourself in the midst of the holiday chaos with the FabFitFun Winter Box. You can customize the products to your interest or spice things up with a mystery box option. I'm all for test driving new beauty products with my FabFitFun subscriptions, and this month I met and fell in love with the Frank Body Coffee Scrub, the perfect addition to my morning shower routine. The Frank Body Coffee Scrub adds a delicious combo of robust coffee grinds, vitamin E, sea salt, and sweet almond oil exfoliates and leaves your skin hydrated and feeling softer than ever, which is great during these dry winter months. Right now, FabFitFun is offering Work Party listeners $10 off their first box with the code WORKPARTY at checkout. Beyond the box, FabFitFun supports female-led businesses. Many products in the box are from female-founded companies, and each season, FabFitFun partners with a nonprofit to raise awareness. Sign up for your FabFitFun subscription today, and don't forget, enter code WORKPARTY, W-O-R-K-P-A-R-T-Y in all caps at checkout to receive $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Happy holidays. So one of the unique things about your brand is that you have something called the super bioferment technology. Can you explain what that is to us? And why do you think that fermented ingredients are the way to go? Yeah, you know, fermentation is, um, we hear a lot about it in diet. You know, when you eat fermented things or drink fermented things, it's easier to digest. It's better for your system and easier on your system to digest. So that applies as well to skincare. So we created a, a technology based around fermentation. So we break down the ingredients um, into very, very small molecules. So it's easier to be absorbed into your skin. And uh, not only is less more, so you don't have to use as much, which I love, um, but also it has a higher efficiency, it's more effective, um, and it's just better for you. So it's everything from zinc, magnesium, copper, wakame seaweed, uh, really terrific ingredients that are broken down, fermented, and easily absorbed into your skin. Um, so I'm imagining that a lot of the people in the audience are either startup founders or thinking about starting a business. Um, for you becoming your own boss, what are some of the unexpected challenges that you faced and, and what did you learn from all of that? Well, a lot, um, a lot. You know, first of all, I think that um, it's interesting, you know, kind of going back to everything that I'm, I'm working on, I think that, you know, so many people, and I think a lot of you maybe in the audience here today, there are a lot of things that you love, right? And maybe several things you love to do, but like, what do I want to hone in on? What do I want to focus on? And so for me, when I'm looking at a project, it comes down to really two things. Will I love it? And am I good at it? Because I think when you're naturally good at something and something comes to you naturally, then you can master it at a quicker pace and it really doesn't feel like work. 
you know, I think they always say like, love what you do and you, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Well, I like to take that one step further. Love what you do and what, what you're good at. Do you know what I mean? Like if you really are doing what comes naturally to you, like what you kind of have a knack for, we all have talents and we all have different talents. And if you can take that natural ability you have, whatever it is, if you have a great eye for fashion, you're a great cook, you're great in the kitchen, whatever it is, and you can turn that into a business, I think definitely maybe look at that first, right? Because for me, I love a lot of things, but what I'm good at is talking to people and interviewing people. I don't get nervous doing it. I love doing it. I can think on my feet. You know, I know the next question to ask, it comes to me. So for me, I'm able to make a living off of doing that and I love it and it comes naturally to me. It's easy to me. There are other things I love that probably wouldn't have been as easy, right? And so um, that's the first thing I try to do. So like for instance, Prosecco. I love Prosecco. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good bubbly? Um, so, but that's the thing. I wouldn't have gotten into the beverage business and done a beverage that I don't drink or that I don't like or that I don't understand. But I grew up with Prosecco in my house. Growing up as an Italian girl, like we always had Prosecco around. We always had red wine around. You know, we, so I got into that business that came naturally to me. It's easy for me to talk about and enjoy. So the different businesses I'm in, like clothing as well, I grew up, my father's a master tailor, my sister worked in the fashion industry for years. So I grew up around that and I love it, it comes naturally to me. So I was able to build a brand, a clothing line and a brand out of something that I loved, but knew very well and, and came naturally to me. See, when I hear you talking about all of this, the first thing that pops into my head is how do you have time to do all of this? And I think as women and as, like working women, a lot of times we're asked that same question about work-life balance, right? Um, which I think is a sliding scale. I don't know that there's such a thing as balance, but when you think about what success means to you, is it kind of what you were just talking about, that it's having those things that you feel passionately about? Um, what is success? I think success is different for every single person, right? What success is for you is maybe different from what success is for you and different from what success means for you. So I think the first step is defining what does success mean for you and then going out and getting it. But I think that's really the first step. What does that mean? You know, for me, success, what I discovered, and it took me a long time to discover this, and you will discover this too, is success is truly personal fulfillment, right? It's personal fulfillment and professional fulfillment, but the word being fulfillment. With that said, I think that for me, that I kind of had my eye on that the whole time and knew what would truly make me happy and also identifying a finish line. I think so many of us just keep going and going and going and going. We never look back to appreciate anything that we've accomplished because we're still going forward and going forward. It's like, where's the finish line? You know, at what point will you be happy professionally or personally or what is that? And I think if we don't know that answer probably sitting here right now, you know, many of us don't know that, but starting to think about that I think is really important because it gives you a roadmap, right? And think about it, when you get in the car, you don't just drive aimlessly not knowing where you're going. You know where you're going, right? You have a destination. So if you can kind of reverse engineer it, think about where do you want to be in 10 years, in 20 years, what do you want your life to look like? And then working, reverse engineering it, working backwards, 
um, I think is really, is a good way to do it. Um, but I, I think in terms of kind of the balance, you're gonna have balance at different times, right? I, I will tell you when I was starting out, I've been at E now uh, almost 20 years. And it's crazy to think that, but I have to tell you, I mean, it, it was day and night working and it was, I was doing, it was me. It wasn't anyone, you know, saying you have to do this assignment or you have to do this assignment. I was taking everything on because I loved it. I was good at it. And I also was reaching a goal. I was trying to get to a goal. And so there was no balance for many years. And that's okay. For me, it was okay. Because then, um, once I reached certain, you know, kind of places that I wanted to be, I was able to start having a little more balance. And now I'm happy I did that. I have no regrets. Um, because now I can appreciate and enjoy, you know, some of the, the struggle, you know what I mean? That got me to where I am today. So I enjoy where I am today. And I'm able to have more time with my family and have more balance. Um, I think one of the most awesome things about you is that you're so open about certain things. You were just talking about um, breast cancer and infertility. How, where do you find the strength from? Like to, to go through those things, are you, is it that you have an amazing support system? Like where do you find your courage from? You know, I think that um, it's hard. I mean, I think we all go through struggles, right? I've been through my struggles. You all have your own struggles. We all do. Everyone's got a story and it's a good story. I always say that, like everyone has an amazing story. When I walk down the street, I smile at everyone. I, you know, anywhere I go, anything I do, I'm warm to everyone because I know chances are they're going through something and they could use that smile and that little bit of warmth and why not? Like, what's the alternative? What's that gonna do for you, right? So I just try to be warm and kind to everyone. And I think a lot of the strength comes from knowing that, like that, like it's up to me, right? It's up to me. I wake up and I choose how I'm going to feel that day. And I have a lot of days where I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or, you know, and, and it's hard to motivate and be in a good mood because of something going on or you're feeling anxious about something. But it's just a matter of really, I think to myself, you know what? You're the only one who can snap yourself out of this. You're the only one who can make a decision of how you're gonna feel right now, you know? And so I really try to tap into that. It took a long time to do that, but I, my husband can never believe it. He's like, it's amazing. Like you really can like internalize something, just think about it and like bring yourself out of it. And you kind of can train yourself to do that. You can start today. And I think that that's so important. And the first step is realizing that it's this person who has the power to do it, you know? And so we are so powerful, our minds are so powerful, our bodies are so powerful uh, that we can go through something major and get out of it. And you'll see, you see examples of it every day in the world, right? And if they can do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. So honestly, it really comes from, I mean, I have an amazing family, I have an amazing husband, I have a great support system. Um, but even all of that, you know, there were nights where I was on the floor going through breast cancer, just hysterically crying um, and waking up scared as hell in the middle of the night. And, um, but I had to deal with that. And so I tried to focus on all the good. And that was really what I did was I always brought it back to, 
you know what though? Look at this, 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 this. These are all great things in your life and you gotta focus on those because it's really easy to get caught up in the bad. So you gotta focus on the good. Um, somewhat related to that, you are a person who's in the public eye. And I think for anyone here, um, even people who are not in the public eye, we're all dealing with a lot of like haters and trolls online now. I think about that with my kids, like my son is a teenager now. How do you, as a person in the public eye, deal with the haters? Is it just, do you have certain strategies? Do you never read comments? Like how do you, how do you deal with it? Yeah, um, well, it's funny, it's, it's interesting you say, because you're right, like everyone now is in the public eye, right? Because if you put yourself out on social media um, and Instagram or whatever it is, you're in the public eye. People are looking at you and watching you and commenting. Um, and so for me, uh, I, my whole thing is if you don't read it, it doesn't exist. And that has worked for me. So I choose to really look at the, the positive comments and respond to the positive comments because those are the people I embrace and I love. And I know that I'm like them, like I only say nice things, you know what I mean? Um, and so everyone else, look, if there's something negative, it's my page, delete. Right, and that's, and you, right? Delete, bye, you know, and, and I think that we all have that power to do that, right? And you don't have to, it's your, this is your page, it's your house, and you don't need to keep looking at that. And I think it's like powerful, like, okay, bye, delete, I don't need to see that. Um, and then, in, you know, I love embracing people who have the nice comments because I love that and I love seeing and I love letting them know like thank you I you know like you made me smile today thank you that warms my heart because it is nice they're taking time out to write something nice to you that's beautiful um, so yeah that's my big thing is delete or if if you don't read it it just it doesn't really exist does it um, looking back at your career what do you think is the biggest lesson from your career so far Jeez, there have been a lot. Um, you know, I tell you, I, when I was at, uh, at E! News, I was made the anchor. They were making a lot of changes. This is years ago. And I remember uh, our president at the time, his name is Ted Harbert, he made me the anchor of the show. And he said, um, okay, starting tomorrow, take it away. And I go, okay, great. Thank you for, for having me host the show, but can I also be the managing editor? He's like, oh gosh, <laughs> like, you give her something, she wants more. He's like, why? And I said, because it's not just enough for me to be the host. We have to change the content of the show. Because at the time, the show was not doing well, and it was up against the big shows, ET Access, and you know, and... So I thought, no, we need to do things differently. And everyone was leading with the big A-list stars, and I had this idea to lead with young Hollywood. And even if you know, it wasn't about a premiere, there wasn't some big premiere the night before, I would lead with you know, what a certain celebrity bought on Robertson Boulevard at a store. You know, and to me, I was like, that's interesting. People want to know that. Like, let's go shopping with someone and we can lead with that. It doesn't always have to be a premiere or a big movie or a big interview. And we did that. And within a year, the show went from the lowest rated on the network to number one on the network. And the lesson there for me was go with your gut, go with your intuition and try something different. If it's not working, flip it on its side. Figure something out that... Just go out there, take a risk. Just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I think that's so 
important. And I remember when I went into that morning meeting going, okay, you know, let's lead with this story of a shopping spree. Everyone was like, what? You know, and, but ultimately it worked and it gave us a new identity on the show. And um, it was a very exciting time to see that happen. So just take that chance. Um, I'm looking at everyone over here who I hope you all wear sunscreen. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you're talking about, and I love how you really focused on stars of all levels, but you also have done some amazing interviews of huge celebrities. Are there any interviews that you've done that have been particularly memorable, and which ones? Ooh, there have been a lot. Um, I, George Clooney <laughs> was always... <laughs> You know, I'll tell you, like, it's funny, like, the George, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, it's really interesting, like, the really big A-list stars, Meryl Streep, who've been around, you know, doing their thing for a while, they're so, they tend to be incredibly gracious and fun, and there's almost a reason, right, that they've become so big for so long, is because they just get it, and they have fun, and they know that when they're on a red carpet, yeah, I'm asking the questions, but I'm asking for everyone else. You know, we E's red carpet is live in 160 countries, so tomorrow at the Emmys, you know, I'm there asking the questions, but I'm really asking for everyone else. One of the first things I say on our phone calls when we start planning for the red carpets is fan questions. Are we doing fan questions? We have to do fan questions because this isn't, yeah, sure, I wanna know, but I'm asking for everyone else. And so they get that, you know? And they get that, like, you wanna see them have fun. You know, you wanna see them kind of give you a little something and show that great side of their personality that you don't normally see on, on screen, so. And do you um, really yeah. never, even if it's a Meryl Streep or a George Clooney, you never get nervous? Let me think about that. Um, who have I gotten nervous? N no, I'm pretty, pretty cool, yeah. Like I almost get nervous thinking about it like beforehand, but then once I see them, I'm like very calm. Because, you know, everyone's the same. That's a thing, like that ability to just know we're all the same, we all have, you know, the same sort of needs and desires and fears. And I love that. That's very grounding. And so I just feel like I'm talking to anyone when I talk to a celebrity, like they're a friend, you know what I mean? And, and I know they're human. So um, no, I don't get that nervous. It's funny. Um, so I got our one minute warning. So we're going to end with a couple rapid fire questions. So you can just answer these in a couple words or a sentence if you'd like. Okay. All right. My biggest career high was... I think uh, when we reach number one, when E! News reached number one. My guilty Instagram follow is? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's too guilty to say. Guilty? Yeah. I feel well, like- Or you can say just a, an Instagram follow you love. Oh, Brad Goreski. Do you guys know Brad? Yes. I love Brad. His abs are like on fire. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably, I'm always like zooming and I'm like, Brad. <laughs> Um, my best life hack for busy working women is? Ooh, get good at your, get good at doing hair and makeup. Oh. Yes. Very nice. Okay. I did my makeup today. I got a little help on the hair, but I did my Two makeup. Two quick final ones. The best part about being Juliana is? <laughs> That's so weird. Um, <laughs> let me think about that. Uh, best part? My family, that my parents are who they are, that I got so blessed with my parents, and that I got so blessed with my husband and my son. 
That's, That's the best part. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, everyone. everyone. Thank you. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned, and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty-gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.